Buffs Nation. What's going on? Welcome into the Buffs Nation podcast. Thanks for joining us after a disappointing end of the season, I guess you could say. Buffs losing 28-13 on the road to the Utah Utes. On today's show, we will wrap up the, uh, well, kind of wrap up the season. We'll talk about the Utah game. We will discuss some of the main points this year. Obviously, we got to talk about Derek Chivarini being fired. And then uh, we will end today's show with three keys for the offseason for the Buffs. Now, stay tuned. We're going to be back in two weeks. We're taking next week off, but we will be back December 8th. Uh, excuse me, that's uh, December 15th. We will be back December 15th with a bowl preview, wrapping the season up for the Buffaloes, and uh, all the CU football talk you could want. Today's show going to be a little bit, uh, a little quick. Unfortunately, maybe a potential COVID outbreak, potential flu going on at the studio. We don't really know. So we are all at different locations right now. Jared All, uh, how are you? Doing good, Tyler. You know, uh, it's it's a, a little bit of a disappointing way to be approaching today, but, uh, you know, what can you do? I guess we could at least do it in the comfort of our own home. Yeah, the for Zoom, me, it's a home office. Zoom meetings have become sort of like a normal part of of everyday life in 2021. So it's like, yeah, we'll just do it by Zoom. But uh, well, don't worry. I work from home, so, you know, me, me going to, go. to, to Woos Media Studios is kind of a nice break getting out <laughs> of my house. I, I just feel like I'm not allowed to leave it. Right? A little cooped up. But, uh, hey, you got to stay safe. Got to do the right thing. And uh, we'll be back full, like I said, a couple weeks with a great audio. Uh, Ryan Smith, producer Ryan, how are you doing over there in your home? I'm good, Tyler. Um, you know, we haven't seen each other in, in a little it's bit. Been a so, uh, you can't uh, can't pay me enough to go to the studio right now. So. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to be in here right now. we got to quarantine this place and... I think I'm just gonna tape the the nozzle down or the 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 sprayer down on like a Lysol and just leave it down here. Just let it empty out in the studio. Let's do that. But uh, all right, so let's get to it. CU losing 28-13, and um, it really wasn't the exclamation point at the end of the season that we were looking for. Now, were we expecting to see you win? Were we expecting Colorado to go to Utah and beat at the time eight and three Utah uh, the Utah Utes? No, absolutely not. But once again, offense or a total yards under 200, it's just been so pathetic how this team has looked. And this is what I meant earlier in the season when I said, we can't let these results against Northern Colorado and the win against Arizona cloud our judgment about what we're seeing on the field. Against Utah, 84 passing yards, 64 rushing yards, 2.7 yards per play. That's one of the worst offensive performances in the last five years from the Buffaloes. So to me, it was disappointing. It was a horrible performance. And like we've talked about all season, it's not just that you lost. It's how you lost. Yeah, and the score, I think, is almost deceiving. and It makes it seem like it was a closer game than it was. Uh, you know, great to see the the kick return for a touchdown. That's that's always awesome and fun. But only touchdown of the game it, for the Buffs. The only touchdown of the game, yeah. and and even one of the field goals for the Buffs, it fell on their lap, and they gained I think zero yards or three yards on the play or the of the series. So it's tough. It's tough. I think this this loss kind of defines everything that the Buffs season was and the reality of of where they are. Because you look at this season on paper statistics alone this is one of the worst offensive seasons in CU Buffs history right and uh uh we'll we'll get to Darren Shiverini in a moment but uh 0 of 2 on fourth down nine first downs for the entire game 
Uh, just not a good look for the Buffs. Now, looking at uh, some CU statistics, the performers for CU, Brennan Lewis, 9 of 23, 84 yards. Brennan Lewis also led the team in rush attempts with 14. Alex Fontenot had 10, and then Deion Smith had 6. So I don't know what we were seeing there. And that's kind of what we've been talking about this season. It's like, have an identity. At least know what you are. And Brendan Lewis, for, what, the first eight games of the year, hardly ran the football. And then this past weekend, he has 14 carries for 15 yards. So, again, I mean, that goes to the inconsistency, what we've seen all season long, and it's not promising in a way to end the season. Uh, through the air, receiving, Dimitri Stanley led the team with three catches, 48 yards. <laughs> Brady Russell, two catches, 12 yards. Daniel Arias, one catch, nine yards. Matt Lynch had six. Alex Fonda had six. And Chris Carpenter, one catch for three yards. Defensively, obviously, Nate Lambman not on the field, which was uh, tough. You know, I don't think any of us really expected it, but uh, nah, he obviously would have done a lot. But to me, it seemed like this defense quit. I mean, not what one interception from Mark Perry, but no sacks on the game, no real quarterback pressure. You know, I don't know if you got that. I never like to call the team out for quitting. But uh, it didn't seem like they had a whole lot of fight there in the second half. I mean. Yeah. Again, it, it kind of feels like the culmination of this defense time and time again being put in bad situations. And and I, I agree, Tyler. It seems like this whole team kind of quit. Uh, in that second half, they, they, they had that kick return for a touchdown. You thought maybe this was going to be a game. And then – Two quick touchdowns for Utah, and yeah. it seemed like that was it for the Bucs. You, you know what it seems like? It looks like the stats, the stat sheet from a Madden game, if an experienced player just played someone who'd never played before. It's like, this looks unbelievably bad. This is definitely this person, this person's first time playing the game. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what. They they also had a really tough time stopping Tyvon Thompson, uh, Utah's running back in the second half. Right? Yeah, what do you have, um, almost 150 I mean, yards? Yeah, I mean, and it's it's tough when you're a football team um, that's not going anywhere. You know, you've got a half of football to play. Um, it's really hard to stick your nose in there and try to make tackles on somebody that's that's that big as well. No, it is. And Utah's playing there. You know, their hearts out and they're going full. You know, hundred percent. But again, this this echoes back to the coaching staff for me. And let's get to it. Yeah. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, Darren Chivarini fired as the CU offensive coordinator. Um. I am first going to give my thoughts, and then I'll let you guys kind of give yours because I know CU fans and Buffs Nation kind of divided on this one. I think this was a horrible move. I think Darren Shiverini was such an integral part to this program in terms of recruiting and just that feeling in the locker room, the Buffs love, and that means something, okay? Did, we, did he have a great year calling plays? No. And you may have seen why coaches in the past never gave Darren Chivarini the full offensive coordinator duties. He was co-offensive coordinator. Last year, he I, I don't even know if offensive coordinator was in his job title. He had like four different ones. It was lead recruiter, you know, a couple of those, like those job titles. But I'm pretty sure if you look on Wikipedia, last year with Mel Tucker, he wasn't listed as an offensive coordinator, even an assistant. This year, he gets the full duty, and they look horrible. I mean, no one's going to deny they look bad and the offense looked bad. So should Shiverini get some blame? Of course he should. But is firing him the right answer? I think no. I think you should have kept him around, kept him for recruiting, kept him for what you've been building so far with CU. Here's what I think happened. I think we've given the program to a terrible head coach who is treading water, trying to do everything he can to shift the blame elsewhere. And I think this is a 
not intentional, but I think this is sort of a kamikaze attack on the Buffs program because Carl Durrell is going to throw everybody and anybody under the bus. We've seen it this year with players, for God's sakes, him calling out the line, and blah, well, why don't you ask the player? It's like, no, you're the coach. It's, it's like, when we lose, it's me. When we win, it's we. That should be the coach mentality. Carl Durrell doesn't have an ounce of that in him. Not at all. And so I think what happened here is Carl Durrell is getting a lot of pressure from Rick George, a lot of pressure from the boosters. He's like, oh, okay, you're fired, Devin Chivarini. Bad offense equals bad offensive coordinator. You're gone. I don't think he was the problem. Now, do I think he's a great offensive coordinator? Probably not, okay? I'll admit that. But should he still be on the staff? I think absolutely. So uh, what do you guys think about that? Where do you land with the Darren Chivarini uh, firing? I actually think you described it really well there in, in your breakdown, Tyler, that I, I think Darren Chivarini as an offensive coordinator wasn't working. And what we saw this year and what we've seen in past at times is an offense that just doesn't work and is not sustainable. And so I think that move needed to happen. And so in that sense, I do think this is the right move to relieve him of those duties. Now, if you can remember back to whatever it was six years ago when Cheverini first came over to the staff, I could be wrong on that time frame, but he was brought on originally as a recruiting guy and then became a part of the wide receiver staff. And then ultimately the, the offensive coordinator position. So his strength always has been recruiting and he's the, one of the main recruiters out of the Texas area, you know, in leading that charge where he kind of came from with Texas tech. Um, so that's going to be tough. And, and honestly, I'm curious to see what direction they go. And, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit later in the show. I know about some of the things and what CU needs to do this off season, but I mean, this is huge in the position you're presented, putting yourself in going into recruiting season without an offensive coordinator and without a recruiting coordinator in place. Yeah, this could set CU back. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about the uh, firing of uh, Shiv? Well, I think you guys both summed it up, uh, you know, pretty sufficiently. Um, I think the the only word that really comes to my mind is scapegoat in this, in this scenario. It was, it was just enough to not fire yourself and it was enough to get some fan support back because it is a big move. Um, but again, just like you guys pointed out, I think there's some things that that Chev did bring to the table that you're going to sorely miss. Um, I do have one question for you guys. If the offense performed better against Utah, um, do you think Chev keeps his job? Yes. I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I'm actually going to say probably not because I think people were okay. still mad in Boulder and I think that Carl Durrell would still have been feeling the pressure and felt the need to do sure. something. So, and I, the, I also the only re- one game would have been enough. Well, the reason I say yes, it's not just that it's one game, is they can, are coming off a win against Washington, which was a surprise to a lot of people. And if you go play well, especially if you would have gotten a win against Utah, you have to feel like, okay, this, this progress building somewhere will give them a chance. And, and I think some of that pressure you were talking about, Tyler, from the athletic department, from the fans, may have lessened a bit with two wins leading out here. You end up at a five-win season in a season where, man, you lost one against AM that you could have pulled out, and maybe yeah. that's the difference in going to a bowl. So I think that you would have had a little more leeway with a big win against Utah this last weekend. No, maybe you're right. Yeah. It's definitely a good question. What's that, Ryan? 
you know, I, I only asked the question because for as bad as the offense started, you started to see kind of down the stretch a little more continuity, a little more confidence, and then Utah, you saw the regression come back, and it was just you saw Brendan Lewis back with the same bad habits. Now, I'm not saying that's Coach Chef's fault, but it's, it's again, when you have consistency issues, it does go on the coaches. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, certainly, though, that put the nail in the coffin, that horrible offensive performance. I mean, this has been all-time bad. I saw, an art, I saw an article, and it was saying this is the worst, worst offense since, like, the 30s. Like, well, they didn't throw the football at all. That's, this is the worst <laughs> offense since then. You know, back when, uh, back when the sticky stuff was legal in baseball. But, uh, look, it was a frustrating season. Now, we're going to give our season awards... We're going to kind of talk game by game here in a few weeks. As I said earlier in the show, off next week, our next podcast after this one will be out December 15th on that show. We'll wrap up what we feel about the uh, uh, the season, You know, final thoughts on the year. We'll talk about the recruiting, talk about the coaching staff, see if there's been any progress, and uh, just kind of wrap the season up here in a few weeks. We will also have some bull picks. So it's not just going to be CU football here in a few weeks. It will be uh, some overall bulls as well. But, uh, yeah, it was not a great year. I mean, I think CU would want to forget this one. The Carl Durrell era, after such a promising start, kind of came crashing down in such a short amount of time. And it's amazing what one season will do. Last year, 4-2, and two, going to the Alamo Bowl. Uh, whew, that seems like a long time ago. So, uh, you guys got final thoughts on the Utah game? What's that, Ryan? I said it was a it was a true uh, tale of feast and famine from one year to another. God, it was just tough, and you go in with the expectations, and that makes it that much more difficult. Uh, anything to add sure. on the Utah game before we uh, turn the page here? Well, just one thing to wrap on the the firing of Coach Cheverini. Uh, you know, you look at what Carl Durrell has done since he got here, and you kind of talked a little bit about last season. He he stepped into a, a weird situation late in the year, and then COVID hits. He ends up keeping on pretty much all of the staff that stayed. And now you see he's, uh, you know, gotten rid of the defensive coordinator uh, in summers last year, um, got his own guy in there. He's now gotten rid of, you know, offensive line coach and now coach Cheverini, the offensive coordinator to put his own guys in there. And, you know, we've talked at length on this show about how we felt about Carl Durrell and, and whether he's the guy, but right now he's get got his guys in there and, it's going to really be telling where this team goes over the next couple of years. He's got the reins. <laughs> the the beauty of Zoom meetings. Ryan, is, are, you, are you dealing with your dog over there, Ryan? Oh, yeah, he just pulled the curtain. just pulled the curtains <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love the, the Zoom shows. That's hysterical. Um, okay. So yeah, I've seen him poke his head in your, uh, in your camera a few times there, Ryan. <laughs> wow. Camera time. Want some podcast time. All right. Um, <laughs> let's get to, uh, this week in Buffs history. Uh, first off, special thanks to Woo's media. Uh, check them out online. W O O Z E media.com. Uh, that's where you can find all the other podcasts. And I, look, if you're a college football fan, which I'm assuming you might be, uh, check out all of our shows. A lot of them are college football themed. We've got a really good national show, College Football Tailgate. So check out Woo's Media online, W-O-O-Z-E media.com. All right, Ryan, what do we got this week in Colorado football history? Anything positive? 
Uh, yeah, actually, today we've got uh, for December 6th in 1992, senior cornerback Dion Figures. I think you guys remember him. Dion Figures. I think he, did a little, I think he was uh, involved in the return game as well, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But that year, he was actually named the recipient of the Jim Thorpe Award, and that's given to the nation's top defensive back. Nice. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good positive <laughs> this week in both history. Whenever I see Dion Figures, to me, that sounds like the perfect name for uh, like a math teacher. Dion Figures, you know, or like an architect. <laughs> I've always wanted to be an architect. All right, uh, before we get out of here today on this strange Zoom call of a show, uh, we're going to wrap up by giving three keys this offseason for the Buffs. Now, again, we'll wrap the show up here in a few weeks. Stay tuned for that. But as of now, three keys this offseason for CU football. I will start, and uh, let me know what you guys think, if you have any that overlap. Uh, first off, this is so obvious. You got to hire a good offensive coordinator. I mean, if we, if if this is a blown hire, I believe this program gets set back three years. It's so tough to turn the page immediately if you don't have the the coaching staff to do so. I, I again, I said it earlier. I don't think Carl Durrell really knows what he's doing. I don't think he has a plan for this. I think he's going to see who comes available and try and get quote unquote his guy in here. But uh, I think that's the first thing. You've got to hire a good offensive coordinator. Number two, keep the good players who are part of the future on campus. Make sure no one's transferring out. That's going to be so important. I've already seen several players say, nope, I'm out of here next season. Now, Brendan Rice, thank gosh, went on Twitter and said, loyalty is everything. I think that's hinting towards him staying. I at least would hope so. But uh, that's number two for me. Keep these players on campus who you want to keep. And number three kind of relates to number one, make a splash, okay? Lincoln Riley going to USC kind of lit things up in the Pac-12. Use that and jump on some of this momentum while you can. I don't care if it's, you know, some guy from the SEC, from the NFL. I don't care. He better not be from high school like our last offensive line coach. But that's going to be important. Make a splash. Create some headlines. Get people who aren't in Colorado talking about the CU Buffs. So those are my three uh, keys for the offseason. Uh, Jared, what do you got? Three keys for CU with these? Uh, you know, the only, one the only one I'll add, you know, I, I, I agree very strongly with the in-house recruiting. I think that that is more important this year than it's ever been, not only because of the situation CU finds themselves in, but because of how easy it is for these guys to transfer out. And so I think that's going to be important for every team to really, really hone in on what it takes to keep your guys there. Um, you know, you, you talk about finding the right replacements. It's not just for the offensive coordinator position. They need to get the right recruiting people in here that can get the talent that CU needs to compete at a high level in the Pac-12. And I think Darren Severini was very good at that. And I don't know if they have. I don't know their staff well enough to know. Maybe Carl Durrell knows he has somebody on that staff he's confident Maybe. in now. But – that's huge for them, finding the right recruiting people to lead for them. And the only thing I'll add to that is developing this quarterback room. Um, oh, you know, boy. we talked about it earlier this year, you know, what we've seen in Brendan Lewis and and whether or not we believe he can be the guy. I don't know. I we don't, I have I sold all my stock. You know that? I've sold my Brendan Lewis stock. I own and no more. if you're telling me that Drew Carter is so far behind Brendan Lewis. What about JT Stroud? What about JT? On the field. And that's JT Stroud hopefully coming back into the mix. So I think that's going to be huge for the Buffs. It's, it can't, obviously, we saw last year, you can't just rely on JT Stroud coming back. 
So I think within that entire room, you need to see a big jump from those guys going into next year. And maybe it's somebody coming in, um, you know, freshmen coming in. I know they have a couple guys in their recruiting class coming in. So that's something that I think will be big for the Buffs to make a jump next year is that quarterback room being more competent, frankly. All right, I like it. Uh, Ryan, you got anything to add? You got any uh, keys for this offseason for CU? Uh, yeah, I'll just add with the uh, offensive coordinator. You know, I, I obviously like to see a, a big splash higher. Um, but I'd also like to see um, somebody who's who's only um, your offensive coordinator. I think I think obviously you're going to have some recruiting, but I think p- maybe part of Coach Cheverini's um, shortcomings might might have been that he was spread a little bit too thin. Um, so I'd like to I'd like to see kind of some some things delegated better. Um, okay. My next thing is uh, is figure out what you're doing with this offensive line situation as well. Um, I know injuries happen, but, uh, you know, bring in, see who you're going to promote to that uh, only O-lines coach. Um, And as well, get, get a solid starting five that you're going to stick with all spring um, and going into next season. Um, And then, yeah, you guys have already stated it. Um, Keep the guys that are here, here and keep the guys that are coming coming and you know I, th- I think it's so important that um that this team's morale is is up there so i think uh coach Durrell really needs to to harp on that you know they did some good things while it was a disappointing year that they're they're heading towards better places and you know got to keep these guys fighting um or else it's going to be a complete dumpster fire yeah totally agree this is going to be a very interesting couple months coming up here um, all right, so that pretty much does it for today's show. Do you guys have anything else before we get out on this strange Zoom show today? Good. Just a very disappointing way to uh, <laughs> to see this thing end. We had such high hopes, Tyler, coming in, man. <laughs> that, 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 wraps it all, that wraps the whole season up right there. After I ask if you guys have anything, two seconds of silence in, boy, that just wasn't good. It was a bad season. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrible season. I agree, Jared. I mean, look, four wins – we knew it was a tough schedule coming in, but as I said, a couple weeks from now, we'll break down CU's schedule, put a bow on this season, give our awards, look at recruiting, and again, look at this offseason for the CU Buffs. Until then, well, I was going to say let's go Buffs. Let's go who your second favorite team is in uh, bowl season coming up here. We'll have our picks in a few weeks. You take care. We'll talk to you soon on the Buffs Nation podcast.